Hi, this is uh, Mike Edelhart, and I'm here with another edition of Inception, our podcast and now kind of homebrew uh, videocast about beginnings, beginnings of new companies, new ideas in science, sometimes even a little glimpse of the future. And today, I think we're going to get kind of all of that in one package. I'm here with Sabina Bruhlman, who is maybe our most recent investment, certainly very close to most recent. And the company's called Nimble. And as folks would take for granted, you are in the tech hub of the universe, Alberta, Canada. So uh, why don't we start there? What is it you're doing? And for heaven's sakes, why Alberta, Canada? Yeah, so we are in Alberta. We're in Calgary, Alberta at the University of Calgary. You know, Calgary is actually quite a big hub for the International Microbiome Center here and a lot of great science and a lot of uh, entrepreneurial spirit. I don't know if you know a lot about Alberta, but it's normally associated with oil and gas. And that pioneering entrepreneurial spirit is very much translated over into our tech industry. And I think we were actually just uh, the top location in Canada for a new tech startup. So we're, we're pretty, really? uh, as far as Canada goes, we're, we're on fire for sure. That's interesting. I just would have assumed Toronto or something. Uh, or no, maybe BC. they're not hungry enough. We got to, we're, we're used to finding stuff. Now myself, I'm a transplant. I'm actually from Ontario near, near Toronto. But if, if you really ask me why Calgary and why Alberta, it's because the skiing's here great. And I have a small addiction to skiing. And so that's what keeps me here. And so I had to start growing uh, companies in order to do the types of things I wanted to do. You have to create them yourself around here. Got it. And uh, we'll actually stay on the subject most of the time. But is there such a thing as a small addiction to skiing? Did anybody ever, any time in human history, say, I'm not going to get those ski boots? They're too expensive. Well, skiing is actually late. You know, I came to Calgary because of skiing and I'm staying. My my professional career is very much lined up with my... um, small addiction to skiing. So yeah, I don't know. That'd be a whole other topic for a podcast. Yeah, uh, Addictions that led us here. Yes, we won't go there because mine weren't skiing. Um, Nimble, what is it that Nimble actually is doing? Yeah, so Nimble is bringing something really interesting, I think, to the to the table. We think of it often as something for the microbiome industry, which is such an interesting and growing industry that's really evolving every day in terms of its associations with different types of diseases. We, you know, we used to think about the microbiome related to our gut health. And then we started thinking about brain health. And then now we understand it's respiratory and cardiovascular and neurodegenerative and so many things that may be associated with it. And so Nimble really drives to the heart of that by delivering a data set that the world hasn't yet seen. It's almost crazy and ludicrous, which is really where some of my passion comes from, that this data set isn't on the table given the amount of investment and activity we see companies pursuing in here, but it's essentially delivering fluid, a fluid biopsy directly from our small intestine. And so when we normally talk about gut microbiome, we're actually talking about fecal microbiome. Just because you put something in the pipe doesn't mean that what you get out at the end represents what's happening along the pipe. And in the small intestine, that's where you know 90% of our food absorption happens, a lot of pharmacokinetics associated with drugs, we haven't been able to access that small intestinal fluid and we haven't been able to evaluate its role uh, in the development of drugs and in in the way that we assess our health every day. So essentially, we are delivering a novel data set from the small intestine via an ingestible capsule that you collect in your home. Got it. So you have this little capsule and you swallow it just like you would any other capsule. Wake up, take a glass of water, take your vitamin, take your capsule, 
and then it transits your gastrointestinal tract just like your food does. And then inside, it kind of opens up, right? I mean, that's you're not putting something in your body. You're taking some stuff out of your body. So you put this thing in, and it opens up, and it takes what it needs, and it closes itself up, and it says... So yeah. And that, you you know, the way that you describe it there, it sounds like it's some sort of robot. Uh, it sounds like it's complicated. This is really simple. It is no, like there's no electronics or batteries. It's essentially a cased piece of plastic that medical grade, of course, that you in, uh, ingest within a pharmaceutical shell. So it's really maybe a very similar to the Lego that you would have swallowed at some point in your life and went through you. The opening and closing is all passive. And so uh, the fluid just naturally wicks in and then the device self seals prior to coming out the other side. So the idea here was to create not the next micro robot, uh, but just really something that we can incorporate into our everyday assessment of health, uh, just like we do with a blood test. You know, we don't overthink it. We just take some blood and we do lots of interesting things with it. This is just taking intestinal fluid and we can do lots with it. Got it. And so let's talk about, so the gut microbiome. So if I did this in the stomach or someplace ahead of the small intestine, you're basically saying that the environment for picking up the necessary information isn't as good, isn't as complete, if you want to put it that way. Yeah. So we assess the oral microbiome, we assess the fecal microbiome, and then we kind of just think that everything in between is a mixture of those two things with a little bit of gut juice in there. But really the small intestine is a very complex or area of our body. It's a very clear, the fluid that we take out is a very clear, uh, homogenous intestinal fluid, very rich with information. Nothing like what the fluid is as soon as it gets absorbed into the, or travels down into the colon and and it's very, becomes a very different thing when it's stool. This really is the luminal fluid from the small intestine, which is unique in many, many ways. So to kind of put it in layman's terms, and if I'm doing this wrong, just correct me. What you're getting uh, with this very simple, very passive, you wouldn't even hardly know what was going on, is a picture of your microbiome on a par, basically with a much more intense, invasive doctor here, probe there stuff that you would have had to have done in previous generations to get a really full picture of what's going on. That's right. And we actually go a little bit deeper than your than your endoscope goes. So your endoscope goes to your duodenum. We're we're down actually even further down there and with a little bit of less contamination. And so we have validated, just completed a series of clinical validations. So we're able to compare the data sets we get with, of course, fecal, and we show the big differences that we we have there in multi-omic, so genomic or metabolomic, the, the differences that we see between the fecal. But we're able to show that with endoscopy, we're very comparable. And the differences that we see are attributed to the different, how deep we are in that ileum jejunum region. It's really, it's super cool. It's, it's like exploring, you know, the undersea world or something where humans really haven't gone before. So normally I would say in the past, yeah, a few people do endoscopy studies to get some of this information. Mostly it comes from animals that are put down and then the microbiome is sort of sampled along the tract. It's very limiting the type of data that we have today. So one of the questions you, you you told me I could ask you questions, so I'm gonna yeah. I'm gonna say one of the one of the questions that could be asked of, of us is you know what are you gonna do with this information? Right. And I think that's the coolest part when I say we really don't know. The opportunities are so big. I think we've devised a really interesting way to map out very collaboratively with companies around the world to help deliver them the data set that they need to offer them a right. solution, and in doing so, learn a little bit about 
where this new fluid has the most value, whether it's assessing our health or developing drugs or understanding food and nutrition better. Animal health is another application that we're interested in and working on. So it's it's pretty wild, the learning that's going on right now. And that's one reason why we invested. We are big believers in data sets. You could sort of say that you know, real life turned into hardware factories and stuff and factories and stuff turned into software and stuff. But what we're seeing now is that almost everything is turning into data. And that includes us. So if, yeah. if folks listening think about the impact of just being able to pick up folks' genetic information, if we could pick up other information from the bodies from a lot of people, then yeah. we're going to start uncovering ground truths about people, groups and of people, etc. You hit it right on the, you know, it's about from a lot of people. We we have to have a technology that can really be broadly applied, that we can get large data, that we can really understand it. And I think the other truth that Nimble really holds to is we have to make sure the data is in the right hands. So Nimble building large, you know, towers of data isn't going to help understand where this fits. And that's why we take a very collaborative approach, working with some really leading companies, getting the data into their hands and then pooling that data to really bring back more information to them right. and, and to others. And so, yeah, data for data's sake is a disease that I think we suffer. Um, I think here we're trying to make sure that it's data in the hands of someone that can really do something cool with it. And that's that's what we're really kicking off the ground. So let's talk some about, because it's a very unusual, at least for us, kind of go to market here, because you're not going to be delivering these to folks and here's your take-it-home microbiome test, you're not going to be doing that. You're going to be working with other scientists uh, making their capacity to learn uh, and develop uh, data in these areas stronger. Uh, and that's what you're talking about when you're talking about collaboration. Yeah, well, we're doing it. We're a little bit doing it all. We have a lot of, we just had a company come to us today. They wanted us to deliver the bioavailability of their nutraceutical in the small intestine. They're doing a series of capsules every few hours to really understand replacing what's traditionally done in a benchtop, you know, in silico test. They want to do it live in vivo. That's great. We've got the ability to collect data, sort of a citizen science approach. So we have right. participants signing up for different types of data collection. And so we are delivering it to the individual that's interested in understanding their microbiome, but we're doing, we're taking that data and then working directly with a company that can make use of that data right away. So we're sort of sitting between the two worlds, just trying to deliver data to people as quick as we can so that we can learn from it. And one of the things we found interesting about you guys is that you can actually do that. You can have partnerships. You can get revenue from supporting those partnerships. You can be helpful out in the market in a way that many companies as deeply scientific as yours uh, <laughs> might not be able to do for years or even decades. It's not where the word nimble comes from, but it does often resonate with the way that we are behaving in terms of nimble. I think, I, you know, actually my my partner, Joseph, who who started the company and in, invented the the uh, the technology, he named it nimble. And I think it comes from non-invasive microbiome. I actually don't know what the oh, L really? stands for, but it actually came from something. The product is called Simba. So small intestinal microbiome aspiration. But I think, you know, we try to stay away from being too associated with microbiome. It's really bigger than microbiome. It's uh, for some companies, we're looking for metals in the small intestine. Uh, we're looking for pharmacokinetic interactions that have nothing to do with the microbiome. So we are rooted in this microbiome play, but I think it's a bigger opportunity to to understand right. processes fundamental to our health. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. And you know, on the microbiome, it's just fascinating how 
it seems like every couple of months, the sense deepens of how vast it is, how important it is. I even saw a report, a statement from somebody just a couple of weeks ago that a scientist, that humankind exists to provide a vessel to make sure the microbiome persists from generation to generation. That's a great one. Yeah, it truly is, I think, the one part of our body that we can affect that we can affect. So that your genes are your genes. Uh, you know, a lot of things about you are written from, from the beginning, but the microbiome is this living thing on us that we really, that is influenced by what we eat, the type of environment we're in, the type of stresses we have. It's wild to see how flexible it is. And I think it's, once we understand it, it really is going to be the way that we can most directly affect our health and outcomes. So if you have it just as you and the folks there at the company want, Who's using this? What do they discover with it? What are we talking about a year or two from now that Nimble helped make possible? I think we're not. I think we're not talking. about It's the same way that we don't sit here and talk about a blood test. It just is. It's just part of our health. We just we talk about the things we learn from it and the and the types of advances we can make with the new biomarkers and ways that we're. But it's just standard. You get a blood test, and I think small intestinal testing has to reach that level of standardization and ease. And that's the path that we're that we're taking for that. It it really is the next generation's blood test. And I think it's going to eliminate a lot of the noise that we currently see in the microbiome industry. Uh, when you look at the difference between our data sets and fecal microbiome data sets, it's clear that the, you know, a lot of the comp- complexity with the fecal microbiome is adding to the complexity of the field. And hopefully we can tune down that that signal to noise ratio and really get at the good stuff and advance microbiome science faster. You know, so I suppose we have to talk about, you talked about how you get it into you. So we should talk about how you get it out of you. And it would be cool if it were some sort of, and then it broadcasts all of the data. And, but you still have to actually go like, fetch this thing, right? When you're done with it or when it's. Yeah. If you want the blood, if you want the blood, I mean, we want the, we want the fluid. We want to know what it is and we want to, we want to truly understand, uh, you know, the multi-omic analysis of what it is there. So you have to get the sample out and it's as pretty as you would expect. And I think. That's really where the pressure is on for Nimble to make that better and better, simpler and simpler, really focus on usability, but more so focus on value proposition. If you're sick and the answer comes from your small intestine, you're not going to care that you're going to have to, you know, associate that action with the collection of the poop. I think if we are delivering enough of of a reason for you to look there, that's the, that's the pressure that Nimble has to deliver. Yeah, makes sense. And it is more under your control than some of you are doing this at Uh, your own pace at your own place, very sort of simple as opposed to. uh, Yeah. I don't know. I don't know where this broadcast goes, but I mean, I can tell you, I do it all the time and uh, (laughs) I've learned, I've learned more about, you know, my gastrointestinal health and the different patterns. And it's actually become something that you, you get quite used to. And I think it's, it becomes quite fascinating and healthy. I think when we look at the Asian populations and the presence that they put at the poop, we see lots of interesting companies, you know, imaging poop and finding different interesting information just in the presence of what it is. So, yeah, it's it, what goes in must come out. And uh, that is the other right. part of the equation. But let's not end on that. Ask me something. No. We can't end on <laughs> collecting it. <laughs> yeah, no. Well, we could. It's the end. But um <laughs> Uh, there's an interesting symbiosis here, I think, at least it, it felt to me when we first started talking, and that you're making it possible for other scientists, corporations, interested folks to create this data and then 
you get access to the data and access to the data allows you guys to understand more. And then off it all sort of goes where everybody is deepening the knowledge of everybody and the potential then is there for all of us to benefit from that in ways we can't say exactly what they are, but the probability starts becoming extremely high that there's yeah. going to be big breakthroughs there. I'm really happy that that's one of the things that resonated with you and that you remember. I think that's the piece that gets me up in the morning. When we, you know, today we were sitting across the table from a company figuring out who needs what. We need to make sure that the data that they're getting, that we're not infringing on any of their proprietary rights. But at the end of the day, it's making sure that let's not leave data on the table. Let's not put it in a cupboard. Let's do something big with it together. And I think that's resonating with our first few customers. And we hope to grow that that understanding further. I think there's a new way to play with data that can be more meaningful. And I think it's a model that can carry across a, a, a whole bunch of different ways of, of partnering collaboration. It's just too big to do it, you know, one way. Makes sense. And and impressed us how simple it was that this sense of technology sometimes goes from non-existent to big and expensive and complex and difficult and dangerous and you name it, but that when things get fundamental, it often comes all the way back to really simple. Because you're going yeah. to a blood test or a vaccine, which is all but invisible. And this had that kind of feel for us. Yeah. And I don't want to under, I don't want to, you know, oversimplify what we've accomplished with the technology that we have. I mean, I think it's amazing that we are able to stabilize the bacteria. That's one of the things you're collecting bacteria and then it's transiting over the, the course of the next day and you, you need to stabilize that signal. So we, we collect really high quality, well-contained sealed samples that have no, no contamination. You can imagine that the small intestinal fluid has a very low biomass compared to the colon and, and, right. and feces. And so we have to make sure that that seal is nearly perfect and that the, the quality is preserved. So we've accomplished a lot in a very simple design which is something we're really proud of. And we're proud of being investors. Uh, we're fascinated by what you guys have done. We can't wait to see what gets discovered using it. Personally, one of the most interesting uh, companies we've invested in uh, uh, recently. That's great it, to hear. It hit sort of all of our buttons. Um, well, we can end on this. So you may want to consider the value of having an on-demand session with your investors that starts on a Friday morning, perhaps during ski season. Just saying. Just saying. We're going to have uh, saying, an annual you know, retreat, I think, yeah. up, what up here. Choice? We, we have no choice. We'd have to come. and Okay. Uh, we will... Uh... <laughs> Sounds we'll good. keep that in mind. <laughs> and we'll do the next one. We'll do the next one there. Thanks. Great to Thanks talk. Thanks so much, Mike. Yeah, appreciate it.